This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Nicole Frolic, author, speaker, practical mystic, healer, podcaster, and YouTube content creator that delivers potent messages that empower others to find their purpose and deepen their connection to their heart. Nicole, thank you for joining us today and welcome. Thank you, Jeff, for having me. It's good to be here. You're doing some great work for everyone. Thank you. So I think it would be best if we just start with your own spiritual journey and how you got from, you know, where you were to where you are today. Yeah, my my spiritual journey kind of started in my late teens, early 20s. I think I had my first really kind of jarring experience when I was about 20, 21, and um I had received a phone call from my doctor letting me know that uh, I had had my first pap test as a woman. And I thought, you know, I'd only been with someone intimately, one person. And I, you know, that was, I thought everything was going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. And she told me that I had had a virus. It was the HPV right right now. Today's date, it's nothing major. But back then, this was over 20 years ago. Um, I, she made it sound like I was going to have cervical cancer and all this kind of stuff and basically told me and then hung up the phone. It was, I think one of the worst bedside manners I've ever experienced from a doctor, but what it did was it put me in a position where my faith was on the line. And I remember just being at home in my parents' home in their kitchen, sitting at the kitchen table, sobbing, just thinking, what has happened? How did my life just turn around? Like so drastically, everything's changed from just minutes ago. And I couldn't believe that this was happening to me. I had done everything so carefully. And, and so I, I sat there crying and I, I started to really kind of speak out, I guess, to the universe or whoever was listening. And I asked, I said, please, I don't know what to do. Can you please tell me what I'm supposed to do? And in a flash across my mind, I was reminded of this newspaper magazine clipping that a friend had given me six months prior for a completely different reason. 
this person uh, was offering applied kinesiology courses and he knew I was getting ready to go into massage therapy. I was studying kinesiology at university at the time. And he's like, I think this might be really interesting to you since he knew I was really starting to get into alternative health. And so for some reason, I knew that that was the place I needed to call. And so I called their clinic and the husband answered and I told him my whole situation. And he said, you need to speak to my wife. She's going to be the one to help you. And she's a naturopath. So I set up an appointment with her and I, I meet her and you know, she's got crystals all in her front foyer. There's essential oils, aroma everywhere. So me at 20, 21 coming into this is very different from a regular doctor's visit. And she basically sat me down and she said, Nicole, all you have is a virus. All that a virus does is it comes into your body and it leaves. That's what viruses do. We just need to find out why you're hanging on to this particular virus and not letting it go. And the way she said it to me was so matter of fact that I'm like, really? And so we did a variety of different things. She really started to open me up to, she taught me how to use light in my vision and breathe it in to my heart space, my lungs, all of my body so that I could get my vibration up. Um, she did past life regression. She told me, she's like, I'm a very different naturopath than what most are. And so she opened me up to a lot of different concepts. And we went into one of my past lives and she was able to see like one of the things that had happened there that was causing me to hold on to it now. And so long story short there, it took about six months of, uh, working about once a month with her and taking some homeopathic medicine. And within six months, I went back to my doctor and the test was, it showed it dormant. It wasn't active anymore. And all of my cells had kind of gone back to normal. And so I was really excited about that. Um, fast forward, um, back now that was around, I was 2021 fast forward to me being, uh, 31 is I had been working so much. Uh, I kind of became like a bit of a workaholic. I was living in Toronto, Canada at the time I had, um, my own, I, well, I had my own apartment and I decided to like, I was working sometimes three jobs. I was, I was bartending maybe on weekends, or I was doing my massage therapy at different clinics. I was just exhausting myself. And eventually I got to a point where I need to leave. I need to move. And I moved down to a Caribbean Island for about a year and a half. And once I was there, I started to tap into the feminine energy of of the Caribbean, the turquoise blue waters, the white sand. And I started to slow down my life. And I started to realize that I was completely out of balance with where my heart and soul was truly wanting me to go. I was working myself to the bone. I was uh, physically exhausting myself and I knew I needed to slow everything down. And so at 31, while I was there, I decided to quit my job and take a one-year sabbatical. And in this one-year sabbatical, I decided to kick it off by backpacking by myself to Costa Rica. And I knew that I'm someone who likes to plan everything and know everything. And just, I need, I need to have control over a lot of things. You know, I was someone who liked to have a lot of control and I knew that I needed to use this time to live in a way that surrendered to whatever was on my path and not try to make it and put it there. And so the only thing I planned for myself for the two months that I was down there was a 10 day silent meditation retreat. And in this 
this Vipassana course, 10 days, you're not allowed to look at anyone. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to journal. You can't do yoga. You can't, you can't do anything except meditate for 11 hours a day in one or two intervals, different intervals. So the first few days were very difficult. I had thought that in my mind, I thought, wow, I'm going to become super spiritual. This is going to be the best thing that ever happens to me. Uh, just, I'm going to, I get to just sit in, in, in meditation all day. Like what could be better? But the truth was that it was very difficult. I didn't realize that sitting in a very kind of cross-legged position was very difficult on my body. So it was very hard for my mind to relax when my body was in constant pain. I had constant low back pain, hip pain, my feet and um, ankles were constantly falling asleep. We weren't allowed to move. We had to stay as still as possible. And so I was really struggling with it. But I tried to stay with it. And sure enough, on day four, I probably had one of the most profound experiences to this date. It is something that I believe is a gift that I, as my higher self, gave to me in that moment. And I can carry with carry it with me forever. On day four at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, we sat down for our afternoon two-hour meditation. And usually I struggled. Usually it was difficult to kind of tune in. But for whatever reason in that day at that time, I slipped into an altered state of reality so fast. I don't even know how I got there. (laughs) But for the entire two hours, I didn't feel any pain in my body. Uh, In fact, I wasn't in my body anymore, I realized. Um, I had transcended all space and time. And I knew that because when the bell rang after two hours, it felt like I'd only been there for 10 minutes. So during that time, I realized that I felt so content with who I was that I was experiencing myself in an energetic form. I was no longer my body. I was no longer me in this lifetime. I had tapped into the essence of who I really am uh, outside of this life and outside of this planet and outside of all the stories that I've told myself. And I started to really like myself in this moment. I found myself very at peace with who I was and I didn't want to change a thing about me. And now this was a very a drastic shift from how I usually felt about myself. I was always thinking there was something I could change to be better. There was always something, I was always finding flaws with myself. One of the things that my naturopath originally opened me up to and part of that healing was how little I loved myself. And it really became clear in this moment that there wasn't anything I needed to change, that I was perfect exactly as I was. And I was in total acceptance And the feeling wasn't pure bliss. I remember it distinctly. It was just contentment. It was a very peaceful energy of contentment. And so the bell rings and I get slammed back in my body. And I'm kind of shocked and I'm starting to realize exactly where I am again, what's going on. And I realize that the meditation is over and also is that state of reality that I had just entered. And I started crying. And I started crying and crying and I didn't understand why I was crying because I just had the most beautiful experience. And so I am allowing this wave of emotion to overtake me because, well, truly I couldn't stop it if I tried, but just heaving, sobbing tears. 
and everyone in the meditation room had left and I stayed there and I decided to, once I kind of composed myself, walk through the jungle along the gardens that they had there. And I stopped in front of this tree. I remember being guided to stop in front of this one particular tree. And there was a flower right in front of me. And as soon as I was just observing this flower, a hummingbird came right in to drink nectar from this particular flower. And it was fluttering right before me, maybe a foot in front of my face for about a minute. And I was in complete awe because I had never seen a hummingbird so close or um, in right in front of my face for so long. And I knew that that was a sign. I knew there was a message there for me. And the message of why I was, I, I understood the why I was crying and why I was, there was so much emotion was the hummingbird reminded me of beauty. It was such a beautiful experience to see nature in its, in its true element, exactly as it was intended to be. And I experienced myself exactly as I was intended to be. And I realized for the first, there was two things that came through. One, it was the first time I ever felt beautiful in my life. And two, I had finally come home. And I knew what home now felt like. And I had never known what home truly felt like. And I think this is something that a lot of us experience on our own spiritual journey is that we're all seeking this feeling of coming home to ourselves or something that's very familiar, that feels safe and, and, and just something we know. And I had that in that moment. And so from that point on, I had a major shift in my whole perception of how I wanted to live. I started to realize that I don't know how it happened that I reached that state. I don't know how I managed to just surrender into it, but I knew that the surrender was an important element to my journey. And as someone who was always trying to control everything and make everything happen, I knew that I needed to start living my life in a way that allowed what needed to be on my path to show up and to engage it as it showed up. And it was a very different way for me to live much more obviously in the flow. And this is much more in alignment with my feminine energy, the feminine energy that we all have. And the feminine energy is something that I've rejected my whole life. Uh, I remember as a child um, feeling very little respect for my mom because I could see within their relationship that my dad made all the money. She stayed home to take care of four kids, which is an incredible job in its own. But at the time when I was younger, I saw that he controlled the purse strings. He had the final say on everything. Uh, he was able to shut my mom down if he didn't like what she was saying. And I didn't like that. And I started to realize that being a woman maybe just didn't allow me to have the power that I thought I deserved to have, but also the respect. And so I lived in a way that was very, very comfortable in my masculine energy. So that's why I was always doing things and, and working hard and pushing myself. And um, I was told I wasn't allowed to cry. And there's, I, I always hid my emotions and there was, I never let anyone know when something was wrong. And I think I had reached a point in my journey where I couldn't sustain that anymore. And so this journey unfolded over two months where I started meeting people and having these incredible synchronicities where I was at a bus stop in Costa Rica and I had no idea where, which bus I was supposed to get on. 
Uh, I knew what town I wanted to go to, but I really wasn't sure. And I just got this feeling like, Nicole, it's going to be okay. The person or whoever is going to help you is going to show up. And this man just starts talking to me at the bus stop. And he starts telling me all of the things I need to know about the town I'm going into and the things to avoid and the people to avoid and um, how to basically just take care of myself better as a single woman traveling alone. And I, I finally, I said, you know, I haven't gotten your name yet. I said, well, what's your name? And uh, he said, oh, my name is Angel. Hmm. And I just smiled and I said, what are the odds <laughs> that? And, and so I had so many experiences like this. And this was the kind of major catalyst of my spiritual journey that has been ongoing since. But that was the major shift that I needed in order to start opening my heart, start softening my my energy, start softening myself to open up to other possibilities to allow my intuition to guide me as opposed to needing my brain to tell me everything to do. And so that was, I think, the major kickoff to, there were things that had happened before, but this one was a major kickoff. It, it allowed me those two months in Costa Rica where I didn't work. I allowed myself to just enjoy myself and take each day by day started to lay the groundwork and the foundations for all of my principles that I coach people with and help others. And it's the, it's the basically the foundation of all the principles that I work on. So it was one of the best investments I could have ever made into myself was to give myself that time. And so that was, that's kind of where it all started, Jeff. Well, thank you for sharing that. You mentioned that um, prior to this experience, you and I'm not sure what the words exactly you use, but you were not, you didn't love yourself that much. Do you think that's because you were a female living in a male dominated house and being female, that was one of the reasons why you, you know, were unhappy that's with a, yourself? That's a great question. Actually, I lived in a female dominated house um, oh. in a sense of there were more females, but my dad was very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of great things that my dad taught me through his own masculinity. He gave me my work ethic, which I'm so grateful for. Uh, He taught me how to persist and never give up uh, to face challenges head on and to know that there wasn't anything I couldn't handle. But I didn't like myself because I was I grew up actually really uncomfortable in my in in my in a female body. Uh, I remember there were times where I thought if I had just been born a boy, my life would have been easier. I thought if I had just been born a boy, my dad would love me more. And I remember there was a time I was 12 years old and, you know, my breasts were starting to grow. And I remember sitting on the edge of my bed, praying to God. I was raised Catholic, praying to God. And I didn't really ever pray to God. I actually didn't even like church at the time. But (laughs) when you're in desperate needs, you reach out to your faith. And I prayed for him to make them stop growing and that I would do anything that, you know, he wished for it, I had such a disconnection to my own femininity. And I, I think part of it is, is that I, you know, the power I think is the biggest thing I, I had a perceive a misperception that I wouldn't have the power that I felt I needed if as just living under, I guess, the the general lifestyle of a woman. Um, I knew that I was never just going to be a housewife. I knew I was going to work for myself and make my own money and, and all of this stuff. And 
And, and, and interestingly enough, I was never into feminism. I, I could see the pitfalls of like late feminism and all of that. And so I never was into that, but I was so scared of losing power. And the one thing that I've now realized is that my greatest power comes from my femininity. My greatest power comes from my compassion, my tenderness, my ability to make people feel safe enough that they can open up and reveal their traumas to me. And I can help guide them through that. Like, that femininity that I had rejected for so long ended up becoming one of my greatest powers that I have in this particular lifetime to use. And so I think I needed to be uncomfortable with it and explore the polar opposite of the masculine in order to find my way back to the feminine and see how both are important and to harmonize the two for, I think, highest potency that we're all capable of. All right. In the beginning, I introduced you as a practical mystic. So what makes you practical from being just a run of the mill mystic? (laughs) Well, you know, I've had some of my, some people who are in my programs tell me that the reason why they like working with me is because I'm like a practical mystic. And in a sense that I give a lot of easy to grab onto tangible uh, exercises I break things down into a simplistic form when it comes to the abstract, you know, when it comes to the vastness of consciousness and when it comes to working with energy, it can become very overwhelming and maybe you're not really sure what to do. And I love to help break it down and deliver it in a way, whatever I'm teaching to help people understand exactly what's going on energetically within their body, their own field, um, how it's working. And so I, I kind of liked, I, not that I won't use some of the woo woo words cause I do love them, but, um, I think that there's a benefit to simplicity and I think we're coming into a stage where many, many people are waking up now. Uh, I I'm sure you've noticed that I've seen it. People are just, whatever's happened over the last couple of years, whether you've hated it, loved it, it's definitely sparked a deeper awakening for everyone to look more into themselves and what they really want, finding more meaning in life. And I think it's important to be able to be deliver messages that people can understand or they, that they land with them because it doesn't matter how important the message is. If the delivery doesn't land, the message was useless. And so I try to offer my teachings and my messages in a way that um, are much more kind of like fourth grade in a way that anyone could, could kind of grab onto them, but still there, there's an elevation to them that kind of really take you beyond what you've ever known to be possible for yourself. You mentioned that you had a past life regression. Can you tell us about that? And is there anything within that regression that helped you become a healer today? Oh, that particular, I've had a few past life regressions. That one in particular She said that I had been, um, she had seen me in like a kingdom and I guess I was some beautiful queen, which I I even like kind of shudder just saying that because I know we hear that all the time, but this was one of those particular, I've had many lifetimes where I'm very simple. Um, But this particular lifetime, I guess she said it was so beautiful. A lot of the men desired me, um, wanted me, and I didn't feel comfortable with it. And so she said, one day I dressed up as a hag, I discarded all of my clothing, royal clothing, and just got very simple clothing, got on a horse and left the kingdom to live 
nameless, unknown, and um, basically unavailable. And she said that one of the reasons why it was the virus and this lifetime were coming up was because this was my way of keeping men at bay was holding onto this virus in my cervix. And so, in which it makes total sense. And I should say that the, one of the reasons why I actually was able to even have that virus be part of my reality was because I was constantly rejecting my femininity. A lot of my ish, my health issues have all resonated within my feminine um, reproductive system. And so when she said that, she said, you're holding on to as a form of protection to keep people away. And I never allowed people in to my heart. I was very scared of intimacy. And so it made a lot of sense to me. And I think this was kind of helping me clear that lifetime as well as this lifetime. And one of the things I've realized through other past lifetimes coming up with other issues that I've had within the reproductive system is that there's a, a potency of emotions that comes through that goes well beyond what you feel like you're experiencing in this physical timeline. And it's always um, amazed me at how intense some of the emotions can be. And I'm like, where is this coming from? I, I don't feel like I should be this sad or like this scared. And what's happening is there's a bleed through coming from these past lives, kind of, I think, in many ways to grab our attention so that we can not just uh, resolve the issue once and for all. But what it does is it creates a ripple effect into all those lifetimes that have been pulled into that particular thread. And the healing happens throughout all time. And that is something that I've been working with at varying points throughout my life so far. And one of the things that I have recognized is we're not just here to clear our past lives, but we're here to clear our ancestral lineages. A lot of us come in here with this awareness and ability to do deeper healing because we're coming in to heal our, our family's ancestral lineage line. And there's something that we can do that will clear out certain things that have plagued our family lines for many, many um, like decades, centuries, whatever it might be. And that is something that I know I've been working with with my particular family um, because a lot of the women have had um, reproductive issues. And so that is something that I'm hoping I can clear for all of the women coming in um, after me and our family. Before the show, we were talking about that you've been contacted by beings and or Pleiadians. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, the Palladians um, were introduced to me by my naturopath. Uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but she actually had cryon in her basement <laughs> come to a, like, um, uh, like a, I guess, a, 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 an evening, like where they all sat and he would channel. And I went to that. And, um, but Palladians have always been close to me and, some, and they were, they're the ones that I've always been able to connect to rather easily. And I think one of the reasons is, is because the Palladians are known for, they basically, Palladians love to love and they're very much love um, based. And also it's a very feminine race, more feminine energy within the race. And so a couple of things happened here where I, during um, a point, like this is about in 2019, March of 2019, there was someone that I cared for very, very deeply. And I had been holding back my feelings for a long time because I was scared that they would scare him away. And I just got this overwhelming 
knowing that I had to express to him in my deepest vulnerability what was in my heart for him. And I did it. And um, unfortunately, I had to do it through a, a video because I couldn't get to him physically for quite some time. But um, he uh, didn't respond to it in the way that I had hoped to. It kind of freaked him out, I think, in a sense of he just just decided to shut down. But, but, and this is why it's so important for everyone to allow themselves to not be afraid to open their hearts, regardless of how it will be received. Because I was so vulnerable in a way that I had never been vulnerable before. The Palladians told me that they were able to hear my call for love and that it allowed them to connect me because my heart had opened. They said I received a Palladian activation in that moment for allowing to step into full vulnerability, to step fully into my femininity and to just bear my soul and my heart in ways that I was certain most people would run in the opposite direction. And because of that, it allowed, all of a sudden I started channeling. Um, the channeling started to happen. Um, uh, I have a YouTube channel and I started to receive messages. And so sometimes I would give those messages on my channel and uh, they would come through in some of my client sessions. And so this kind of opened me up to some more of my channeling. But in the last couple of years, because I am in Colorado right now, there's something about this, the energy of this land. Um, I have been connecting with other beings that uh, I don't know who they are or what they are because I've never seen them before. I never heard other people talk about them, like the Arcturians and the Syrians and the Pleiadians. And um, so one being I saw was much more humanoid. And he was coming through. Uh, he had like um, he had like almost like a whitish blue light all around the perimeter of his body, like an outline. And the body itself was dark, um, like almost just like darkness. And I could kind of see a skeletal system through it, but there was more this light essence that's coming off of him. And he was letting me know that they're um, a race that's not well known here and that they're wanting to communicate with um, with us more and to help us through this journey that we as humans are on on this planet. And I've also connected with a, a green being who was about three or four feet tall. I want to say darker green skin. Um, and what was very noticeable was the head was shaved except for a very long, dark black hair ponytail coming out to the side. And there was almost like this ornament that was holding it in place uh, that was kind of Mayan looking uh, or aztec looking. And they have been communicating with me um, to help bring more levity and lightness into, uh, I guess, the times that we're in, but also just in general, people have become a lot more serious and we get a little bit too intense and that can kind of slow down our energy. It can kind of close us off in ways or not allow us to be as completely open to what we need to be. And that um, they work with a frequency of the heart that is a little bit more playful and a little bit more open. And that there's not too many of us on the planet right now that they're working with, 
but it is to assist in bringing more levity and lightness to the world. And I think that's definitely something that I've been getting for the 2022 um, and 2023 is that one of the best things that we can do for ourselves right now is to stop taking everything so seriously and find ways to find humor to and find enjoyment and just to lighten everything up that it will help humanity um, transition from the period we just went through into um, a better time so that being in particular is working with me he's also kind of helped me design my inner child course that i have and um and it's because of just the playfulness of the child energy that comes through so those are a couple of the beings that i've been able to connect with and it's you know sometimes they come through and sometimes they don't but um whenever they do it's very palpable and it's right there in my third eye so has any of these beings ever told you or have you discovered for yourself that you are a star seed I think, you know, for the most part, I think many of us on this planet are, I think some of us have just been here in human form for many, 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 many years. Um, But we all have some sort of connection to the stars well beyond this galaxy. And I think it's something I've always known. I don't think I needed them to tell me. Uh, I don't think they did tell me that it was something that I just knew in my heart. Um, I've had dreams and meditations where I'm on ships and I'm very at home. And there's just this, uh, I see the beings and I feel the love and there's a very big sense of familiarity. So I know it has to come from somewhere. Um, and then I've also had dreams that have shown me that even while we're here, we're, we're still doing work out there. <laughs> um, I, I had a dream uh, a couple of years ago where I was on a ship and it had like a big kind of, let's just call it a windshield. Um, and I was remember looking out and we were heading towards an Earth-like planet that looked like we were in the Milky Way galaxy. And I wasn't sure if I was having a dream or if this was really happening. Like, And so all of a sudden on the windshield, all of these uh, particles, not particles, it, it just started to get dirty. Like there was oil. It was kind of greasy. The, the windshield just got really greasy. And I'm like, well, this is, and I remember in my dream going, well, now I know this is a dream because there's no grease out in space. <laughs> And um, the next day I told my girlfriend about it and she sent me an article from a scientific journal um, that stated that there are like oily, greasy substances in the Milky Way. (laughs) And uh, it just, I was like, wow. So it makes me wonder, part of me knows that uh, when I was on that, I was kind of in a cloaked ship that was, going to a place that isn't available to all races to know about. Um, But that's all the information that I was given. And it doesn't really do much for me in this lifetime right now, but it was just kind of one of those cool things that I think we can kind of doubt our dreams, but I really do believe we're doing work. Uh, Our consciousness leaves our body and we're, we're doing stuff in, in other places in the galaxy, the universe, the multiverse. 
And that was a confirmation that let me know that that indeed happened. So I was checking out your website and on your website, you state that you give tools and techniques to live life with a more meaningful purpose. Can you give us some examples of that? One of the tools that I like to use that it's, it's like a very basic tool is called the breath of life. And it's something that you would normally do for about 20 minutes. I suggest doing it for 20 minutes a day. And usually in the morning is when you want to do it just because it will set the tone for your whole, you will, I started noticing that things just started going a lot more smoothly in my life or synchronicities would start happening that weren't happening before. And you basically breathe in through your nose to the count of seven. You hold your breath for three seconds and then you tilt your nose down towards your heart chakra and you exhale through the nose um, as slowly as you can. And then you repeat the process. You breathe in through your nose to the count of seven. You hold your breath for three seconds and then you tilt your nose down and you exhale through the nose into the heart space. And what this does is one, this is also a self-love um, teaching because what you're doing is you're filling your own heart space up first. You're making sure your cup is full. You're nurturing yourself and you're also breathing in life force into your own heart field so that your heart field is powered up for the day. And because our heart works by attracting and, and being, it's a magnet, right? It attracts everything. It allows you to be more receptive and also things to be receptive to you that need to find you or come to your path that maybe might experience more obstacles if you didn't do that. So that's, that's one of them is the, the breath of life. It's interesting that you brought up not loving yourself because you've experienced it and it sounds like your clients have experienced it too. Do you think that's one of the major problems that people have in general is they don't love themselves enough? I think we all struggle with finding ways to love ourselves. I think part of the problem is, is that we live in a world that makes, there's like this stigma, like it's selfish to love yourself first. But um, if you don't love yourself, you're not comfortable receiving. And if you're not comfortable receiving, you've now disrupted the entire feminine principle within your body, which is receptivity. And without receptivity, you can't have that intuition turn on. You can't have that deeper awareness. You can't tap into the deeper layers of creativity and the abstract and the mystery and the healing available to it. And so in order for us to receive the healing that we need, we, our receptivity has to be so strong. And loving yourself is one of the first gateways that we go through and start to understand when it comes to opening up the feminine principle that is alive within us all, it's alive within our DNA blueprint. And it is responsible for uh, allowing what needs to come or is, is destined to come our way to be received. So it is something that uh, a lot of, I think most people struggle with it, but it is so important when we're doing our healing to be able to learn how to take care of ourselves through loving ourselves and becoming a little bit more compassionate to really pay attention to the voice, the internal voice that is constantly speaking to us and maybe soften the words and shift the words and uh, change the programming. So loving yourself is, 
has definitely been a major pillar of my journey and I'm still working on it. I don't think we ever stop working on it. And I just want to say this too, because I don't think there's ever a point where we reach in this lifetime where, okay, I'm good. Now I'm just like, I'm perfect. I'm done. I think the healing journey is here to be something that is perpetual. And that doesn't mean that it's that from that idea of never ending, like I'll never get to where I want. It's not about that. It's not about the destination. It's about the experience that you have that allows you to have more meaning in your relationships. It allows you to have deeper connections. The more healing you do, the more joy is available to you to experience the, you know, the, the vulnerability that I've been able to um, experience with myself and then transfer that into my relationships has shifted my relationships dramatically, uh, where I have some of the most powerful friendships, um, people who I know I can lean on trust, have my back. It's allowed for such a deepening that I think so many of us want and are searching for. And so the healing journey, which when we look about even just loving ourselves, it's not where, you know, we always get to this point where it's, it's perfect. It's good. We've learned it like no more it's a constant journey and we have to be okay with that. And it's always about the journey and not the destination. Uh, the destination will always change as our journey unfolds. So what we think is the destination today may very well be different, you know, two years down the road, two months down the road. So many things can change within us that allows us to open up our perspective of what we truly want and align with in this life. So I think it's important to not put so much weight on the destination and really embrace the journey. I notice another topic in our conversation that pops up quite frequently is femininity. Do you think people in general have problems with their own femininity? Yeah, it's it's a huge problem. It's why I'm writing a book on it right now. Um, I'm writing about my whole healing journey with the the feminine, with my own femininity and how I was able to heal three re- reproductive issues. Um, there's so much rejection of the feminine energy uh, within us. And, and that's for men and women. Uh, we're not allowed to cry. We're not allowed to get deep in our emotions. I'm seeing a shift in that now. I really am. I'm starting to see a, a really beautiful shift. But we don't understand the power of the feminine energy and how much that can shift the way we live our lives and what's available to us to utilize uh when it comes to manifestation. So the feminine energy is the receptivity principle. So it is all about our ability to receive. It is the compassionate part of us. It is the mystery. It is the abstract lines are blurred. They're not very well defined. The masculine is very linear, very defined, very structured. The feminine is kind of like mm, boundaries, not so important, but from a point of, again, Boundaries are always going to be important when you have a balance of the masculine and feminine. But when we're specifically talking about the feminine, your ability to have your imagination and your creativity flow into areas it's never been able to reach means you cannot have any boundaries. We just had the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction. And this was a beautiful example of removing all barriers, uh, allowing for the most intuitive and creative process to come through. And sometimes we have to get out of our own way. And the feminine allows us to do that. 
it allows us to be okay in the darkness, right? When we think about the yin yang, it represents the darkness of that particular symbol. And the feminine is the darkness, it's the moon. It's where a lot is hidden and we need to go looking for the things that we've left behind and don't wanna look at. And the feminine energy allows us to do that. And so we live in a world where it's like, don't pay attention to your problems. They don't exist. Don't worry about it. Just keep moving forward. Don't look back. And you can't live in harmony if we don't balance out the necessity of that feminine energy, which allows for so much and also deepening our connections. So femininity is something that we all struggle with men and women. Uh, and I think that it's also we see that with the masculine energy, there's been a lot of talk about toxic masculinity. And I, I can't stand that, that term because there's nothing toxic about max masculinity. There's nothing toxic about femininity. We have wounded aspects of both. There are wounded um, uh, blueprints within each one, uh, but in its essence in its wild form and how it was always intended. Just when I go back to myself in that meditation, how I was always intended to be and always will be that natural state is perfect. And when they come into harmony, the masculine becomes the container for the feminine to do all of her mysterious and creative work. He puts structure behind it. And I'm just using the he and the she right now, just because we're talking about the masculine feminine, but the masculine like gives it direction. It gives it, um, uh, it, it protects it. It allows the action to be taken from the etheric, energetic, uh, creative process that unfolds and then pushes it out into the 3D through the masculine energy. So I think understanding our own femininity and our own masculinity and the importance of both, bringing them into harmony can really shift a lot in our lives in how we uh, connect with others, but also how we manifest and live in a more meaningful way. You mentioned you were being more vulnerable and you have a whole series on your YouTube channel about being raw and vulnerable. Can you tell us more about what goes on in that series? Yeah, so um, that series is literally a almost like a video journal of my discovery of um, some abuse that happened. Uh, we won't go into that so much, but uh, it was something that was not known to me until my early 40s. Uh, and it happened to me much earlier in my life. And it was the discovery of how the emotions started to surface and then some of the memories. And um, I started to share this with my audience through a series I called as Raw and Real. And it was to help me. It was part of my healing process, but also knowing that I think a lot of my audience started to trust me more and connect with me more when they got to see um that part of me that was going through the pain and trying to figure it all out and allowing myself to express it openly and not holding anything back. And uh, I think one of the beautiful things about us being raw and vulnerable and real with anyone is that we create a permission slip for them to do that as well. Once one of us does it, it creates that permission slip, which I think is so important. And there's so much that allows us to move beyond the facade and the illusion of what we think someone is or what we think they're going through or what we think that's happening to them. And once we start to get vulnerable, it just softens the whole heart. It softens everything. And it allows us to hold a space with very little judgment. And I think that is where we're moving as a society. 
to finally get more comfortable with not just ourselves being vulnerable, but allowing others to be vulnerable in a space with us so that that healing can happen and that we can start deepening our connections and relationships with with one another so that we're not all acting like wounded children with each other. (laughs) Also on your channel, I noticed that you do um, tarot and you do astrology. I know it's kind of late in the year, but what predictions have you had for 2022 and have any of them come true so far? Yeah, my major predictions um, for 2022 were based off of uh, my guidance brought me through meditation to the planet of Uranus. And Uranus is to me was is being spotlighted throughout the year because the North Node is in Taurus and the North Node is kind of like a Jupiter energy. And we're we're coming into eclipse season shortly uh, with the solar eclipse. And so I was I received the downloads that this is going to be a year of um, breakdowns, breakthroughs and more death. And the death was both literal and figurative. Uh, And I think we're already seeing that this is one of the worst years for death, um, unfortunately, because of everything that's been happening and the irresponsibility of, you know, certain industries. But um, it's causing a shakeup. There's a huge shakeup that's happening throughout this year. It's kind of shaking the foundation that we've all been standing on and forcing a rebuild. And we need a rebuild. We absolutely need it. But we're kind of in this place now where if you can really grasp the lessons each one have presented us with and start to utilize that in a way we're in this space of anger or fear or judgment, um, and you can really shift into the gratitude of what this allowed us to discover within our own selves, there can be major breakthroughs this year. This year, there's a there is a timeline of potential for anyone who's ready to break free of all that judgment and division and all of that. You, you have an opportunity this year to break into a timeline that is much more powerful to your own heart's desires and is aligned more with your soul living on purpose uh, this year. So there's a huge opportunity and I'm, I'm seeing that within a lot of people um, just like you know, my clients and some of my audience, when they interact with me, um, I'm seeing that. I don't know. Have you been seeing that at all? I don't even know if you know this, but every Saturday night I do a live stream and anybody can come on and share with me. And so right around the new year, I tried to do a prediction show and anybody couldn't give me their predictions, but I didn't get any many takers. So I personally didn't make many predictions for myself. I didn't hear any, but from what you're saying you know, it all makes sense. There's a lot of karmic release happening with the South node in Scorpio, the sign, which is also represents the South node represents our karma. It represents our past. It's what's what familiar to us. We are being given a second chance, so to speak. And it's, and I say that in a sense that it's presenting as a second chance pre 2020, we were all living our lives as like, Oh, there's more time. There's this, I can do this. I'll put the, I'll do this next year. I'll do whatever. And if there's anything that that taught us was that nothing is a given, nothing is guaranteed. And we're now giving this opportunity to really, what is it that you want to create? What is it that you want to do? What is the imprint that you want to leave on this planet? Start doing it now. Because there is a lot of momentum 
and a lot of help in the energetic realms to assist anyone who's ready because the shift is happening, whether we like it or not, but those who are ready to uh, leap with the energy will be rewarded for taking uh, leaps of faith that may force them to be facing some of their fears uh, and not holding back. So this is something that I've been seeing and I've had a few guests on my podcast lately who've also been confirming they've been receiving the exact same messages. So 2022, I feel is like a breakthrough year, a breakout year for many of us, if we allow it and we can step up, it won't just happen. If you don't show up, you have to show up, but those who are ready, I think are going to reap some very big rewards for, for doing that. You also have the Alchemy Academy. What is that? So that is my online um, school. There's a there's a few different courses in there uh, that you know people can just do online at their own leisure. My inner child course is in there. It's like a ten week program uh, that I worked on for quite a while last year uh, to help people. I do inner child healing channel sessions. I because of all my inner child work. I am able to tap into other people's inner child and get messages from their inner child. And, but there's a lot of work that has to be done. And some, the online course is there to act as a guide to help you move through each chakra. Um, I take you through the inner child healing of each chakra. So that's there, but I also have a, um, a monthly subscription program where I have a, a bunch of people in there and we have our own private discord. And um, every month we do a live call on the second Sunday of every month. And I go over all the astrological alignments. Uh, we go over through certain, whatever's kind of coming up astrologically. I kind of see what are the lessons that are coming up for us spiritually that are gonna, we can either work with or resist. And I kind of help um, everyone move through that. It's also an open call for anyone who needs like kind of just general coaching uh, and the community is building and everyone in there is just so, friendly and supportive. So I kind of designed it in a way that I know sometimes feel people feel like they don't belong or they don't know who they can talk to about some of these more esoteric uh, topics. And this is a really safe place for you to do it. And so I have that as well in the Alchemy Academy. Hmm, that's great. Yeah. All right. So what is your website where they can find the Academy at? It's um, NicoleFrolic.com. So it's just my name. And all the stuff is there. Uh, you'll be able to see the Raw and Real series. You can get access to the Alchemy Academy. Uh, if you need any of your private sessions, I do tarot readings. Uh, I do intuitive coaching, inner child healing, uh, all of that. And um, I also have my podcast. And you can also find my podcast on my website as well. Mm -hmm. So, And what's um, the name of your podcast? It's called Enlighten Up. Enlighten Up. That's a good name. Mm -hmm. And since we're on YouTube, what is the name of your YouTube channel? It's just my name, Nicole Frolic. If people want to reach out to you and ask you questions or chit chat with you, are you open to that? And if so, how do they find you? Um, yeah, they can send me an email or sometimes I do live videos. Um, I'll go live on my YouTube channel. Uh, I've actually was, it's, it's funny you're saying that. I was just getting like a hit, like I got to do that soon uh, where, and I'll just kind of let people ask questions in the audience and I'll just answer them on the live video. Uh, and yeah, that's usually the best way. I also, uh, on my telegram channel, which it has a fake symbol on it. I can't get rid of it. Um, I've tried all of the people in my channel have reported it as not, but, uh, I'm going to have to open a new one, but for now I also, people will drop comments in there. Um, and I'll be able to interact with them on telegram as well. What's telegram. It's, um, an app. It's just a messaging app. Oh, okay. And so I created a channel there. 
Uh, if, if anyone goes to my um, Linktree website or like my Linktree or anything, like you'll, you'll be able to see it. So um, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message? Make this year count. This is a year that is available to all of us for major transformation. And anytime we've gone through any time in history that we've gone through a period that has really shaken things up in ways that we had never expected, there's always a rebuilding phase. And when you're part of the rebuilding phase, you get an opportunity to leave your own energetic imprint behind in whatever it is you're creating that will be passed on through the history of humanity going forward. So this, I feel, is an important year. So don't don't let it go to waste. Uh, Do whatever you can to step into your calling, your power, whatever you're feeling called to do. This is definitely the year to make that happen. And just stay tuned into your heart. Don't be afraid to open it. There are so many beautiful things that come when we open our own heart. Uh, Doesn't necessarily mean we'll always be received, but we are being received in other ways. They may just not be so tangible to us in the moment. Uh, And I think that there is a lot of healing that can come to this planet through our own heart opening. Thank you for that message, and I wish you a great rest of your day. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.